0: I am so, so thankful. I'm not going to go there because I'm going to start crying, but I am so thankful. I'm thankful for the opportunity to speak. I'm thankful for the blessing and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, I'm thankful for all of you. Goodness, so thankful. Um, but I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to just speak this morning because, in as much as I love you and you love me, you don't need to hear my opinion this morning. You need to hear from him. Amen? Amen. So, Heavenly Father, your word says to come into your courts with praise and thanksgiving in our hearts, so we do that this morning. We've praised you. We lift up the name of Jesus. God, you are the big deal. <laughs> Holy Spirit, you are the great connector. You're the one who keeps us. You're the one that challenges us. You're the one who calls us by name. You're our comforter. You're our strengthener. Heavenly Father, have your way. Abba, we cry out to you this morning. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would speak to your people, God, that the word would go deep, that the seed would be planted in good soil. I declare over this congregation you are good soil and the deposit will be fruitful and multiply in the mighty and capable name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. All right. Well, as you know, this is our official last weekend here. I intended to come last week, but I was loading a pod like one of those pods, you know, and um, it was so funny, we had some one of our neighbors drive by, like zoom by and, and yell at us, cheaters, <laughs> I'm like, yes, okay, I'll take it, but um, anyway, w- this is our last service, um, our last morning service, we're going to be prayed out, um, but I wanted to share some of the testimony with you, I had a different ending slash middle slash to present today in mind. However, um, I feel like this is the one that the Lord wants to to share because it's real and it's the journey. So let's go ahead. It's called Beginnings, the Pilgrim's Path. (sighs) Ah, yes. Billy Graham said, when we come to the end of ourselves, we come to the beginning of God. Man, let's think about that for a second. When we come to the end of ourselves, we come to the beginning of God. We're going to get into that a little bit more, but the good news, God is faithful. I love that song that we sang at the end. I actually wanted to do that one, and I didn't have a chance to to connect with Caitlin, so I'm like, Holy Spirit, that's so good, Um, because Great is the faithfulness of God, and I th- sometimes think we don't necessarily grab a hold of what that really means, like that God is faithful, because really all we see around us are humans. And how many of us have been unfaithful? In so, I don't mean like, you know, unfaithful, but you know, unfaithful in some respect. You know, I, you can be unfaithful with a phone call, right? You can be unfaithful with, but yeah, oh, I'll pray for you, and never do, right? That's, uh, that's not faithful, so we can be unfaithful, but the good news is that God is faithful. But before we talk about that, I want to just agree on some definitions. Because in this journey with the Lord, we can either be pilgrims or we can be tourists. Okay? And we're going to talk about the difference between the two. Now, the scripture that kept coming to my heart, and I would see 11 11-1, 11 11, like all, I mean, Seriously, it's ridiculous how many times I've seen it. So I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to pay attention. Um, (laughs) I tend to be a two-by-four-over-the-head kind of listener sometimes. And it reads this. (coughs) Now faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation, of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, And the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality, I love that, the conviction of the reality of things not seen. Faith comprehends as fact what we cannot, what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. So faith is evidence. Faith is also given by the Lord, amen? So in order for us to be on the pilgrim's path, we need faith. But faith by definition means that you're not going to be able to see the end. There'll be times in your journey that you can't understand it. But that's actually by design. It's actually by design. And it's for our benefit. But we'll get into that in a moment. Pilgrims. So a pilgrim for our all intents and purposes today is one, it's a person who takes a journey, often an extended and demanding one, to a distinctive place for virtuous or religious reasons. Okay, so it's someone who's going a certain direction, on purpose, for virtuous or religious reasons. A tourist, by contrast, is someone, it's a person who leisurely travels to or visits a location for personal pleasure or curiosity, right? If you're a tourist, "Ah, I want to go to Italy, why? Because it's fun, I've never been there, right? But a pilgrim might go to Italy with a purpose, with a calling, with an intent. See the difference? Okay, moving on. So, are we pilgrims or are we tourists? A tourist will seek to receive or to be entertained. How many times have we gone to church and been like, you know, I just really didn't like worship today. (laughs) Come on, I can read your lips. So don't think, you know, one time, if if I've already told you this story, stop me, but, well, actually, don't stop me, I'm going to tell you again. Um, I was actually, I wasn't at this church, but I was actually up, and I have... A certain amount of people who are hard of hearing in my in my family. So I I grew up um, knowing how to read sign language. Can't do it, but I can read it, and um, and I can also read lips very well. And so, <laughs> from like about the fourth row back, a lady leaned over to her daughter and goes, "Christina's pants are about an inch too short, don't you think?" <laughs> and I was like, "Seriously?" And I had like, "Praise you, Jesus." Like, she's, like, (laughs) all nervous because, but I could read their lips. Sorry. Anyway, that is not even part of this talk at all. Just funny. All right, so the tourist seeks to receive or be entertained. A pilgrim, on the other hand, seeks to add value wherever she or he is. Okay, one seeks to receive, the other seeks to give. A tourist path begins with a desire for an external circumstance and then might allow for the internal journey, but only when their emotions or expectation, expectations are met, right? So you can go on a vacation and be like, I'm on this cruise and it was so great, and, but you know what, the food stunk and the waitstaff was just crabby and na-na-na, right? That's a tourist. But a pilgrim's path begins with the desire for the divine desire for more of God, or to make an impact, it allow we, or she, he or she, allows God to lead as he wills within his timing and for his glory. A tourist relies on the circumstance and emotion and, and reason, and a pilgrim relies on God's word, his character, and the relationship that we have with him. Choosing the pilgrims' path is a choice to walk an internal journey of faith before seeing external evidence. Before we see it, makes you kind of squirmy, doesn't it? <laughs> really, the pilgrims' path to me, it's an invitation to miracles. Now I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. Um, because in, in this, in my own journey, um, I'm a doer, and I'll say this again a little later. I'm a doer. I like to get things done, I like to reason things out. That's no surprise. But the thing that the Lord kept telling me throughout this journey is that Christina, if you keep relying on your reason, if you keep relying on what you understand and what you can figure out and what you can do on your own, that's all you're gonna ever have. See, guys, because some of us are pretty smart. Some of us have been blessed with intelligence and capability, right? Every good thing comes from the Father. We know that, but some of us can really work it out. But that doesn't mean it's the will of God. Uh Uh-oh. Some of us can make really great lives, but we can miss the pilgrim's path but i believe the lord wants us to do have a pivotal moment today and maybe do a, a 180 or a 90 or you know a little bit of a course correction every journey has a beginning who you choose <coughs> to be on that journey is up to you now i want you to think about this one i'll give you a second read it perspective It's all about perspective and maybe some punctuation. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, some of you are getting it. The one side (laughs) versus the other side. There are two opposite um, messages up here, right? You've got one that says, the best is yet to come. And at first glance you might think, never give up, but that's not what it reads. Never give up. (laughs) same words, completely different meaning. (laughs) Ah, yes. So, every person here is ending something and beginning something else. Wherever we are with the Lord, there is an ending coming to a season and a beginning coming out of that because God calls us from glory to glory. Amen? We actually can't have an ending without another beginning because as situations change, so new things come into being and vice versa. They're two sides of the same coin. So learning how to navigate this well is a crucial part of an intimate walk with the Lord. Go ahead. Every journey with God begins with knowing who he is. Every single one. Go ahead. Thank you. If anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. I am thankful for the newness of Christ in me. Everything begins with knowing the Father, every single thing in Him. Even salvation, right? If we don't know the love of the Lord, how will we know? For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. It began with, for God so loved the world. For God so loved you. For God who so loved me. It always begins with the love of the Father. If we think we are nothing but ants on an anthill to him, you know what I'm saying? There's billions of people on the planet. Why would God even care about my stupid situation? I would be lying if I told you I have never thought of that. I have. But God is infinitely bigger and more gracious and compassionate, and more loving than we can even ask or think. That's good news. But if I know the love of the Father toward me, then my prayers are gonna be a lot different, aren't aren't they? When we know God and know how much he loves us, how much he loves us, then and only then can we truly surrender to the pilgrim's process because we begin to trust him. You won't trust someone, no, let me back that up. You won't surrender to someone you don't trust. You won't allow someone to lead who you don't trust. We don't trust who we don't know. Right? Am I preaching to myself here? (coughs) So the adventure with Jesus begins with love. (coughs) This is an adventure that we're on. We can see something, our path, our pilgrim's path as something that is like block after block after block after block after block, and Lord knows that's, had, that's been my journey as of late. Or we can see it as an adventure. God, you are setting yourself up to be famous through this testimony. I didn't like how my declaration for my, my miracle for my kids came. I have shared this story before, so I won't take a lot of time here, but when I was up on that platform and the word came, Christina, I see your womb, it is tight and closed, but God is going to give you a baby within a year. In front of 750 people, hi, that's awesome. Not at all, right? I had zero faith for the miracle of children at that time. We've been trying for seven years, zero faith for it. And I went backstage after I dismissed my, my team and s- just cried out to the Lord and said, God, you are, this is either sent from the pit of hell to destroy me or you are setting yourself up to be famous through this testimony. The invitation to the pilgrim's path might not look the way we want it to look, but it is an invitation to miracles. God showed up. We love him because he first loved us, not the other way around. So let's go ahead and take a look at some of the characteristics of God, just to remind us. So God is our daddy. Galatians 4, 6 reads, and because you really are his sons and daughters, God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Abba means daddy. It's a different relationship than father, isn't it? It's an intimate relationship. It's an exchange. (coughs) Here's where I was challenged. Some of us are very good soldiers in the kingdom. We know what to do. We know right from wrong. We can pray with the best of them cast out demons, been there, done that. But it, when it comes to that tender place of trust with everything, it's a whole different level. It's a whole different thing, you guys. But that's what he's calling us to. He's calling us to that deep relationship. When, it, when the word talks about deep calling unto deep, He's talking about that part of you that's like, you're scared to even show God that is even there. There's a part of us inside that's just so tender, and he wants to have relationship with who we truly are. When it came to the stillness, the quietness, spending time with him, I got squirmy. I could pray list da 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 da. But when it just came to being quiet before my daddy, I got nervous. Has anybody else been there? You just kinda go you feel a little bit exposed, uncomfortable, because as his light increases, our darkness is also exposed. But it's for our good. There are spaces that we'd rather not go. We don't like the silence because it means we have to face the truth of who we are, maybe? Like the real deal? It's not easy. But God is good. He's good. In the truest sense of the word, he's good. I love this verse. Romans eight fifteen reads, for you have not received a spirit of slavery leading again to the f- fear of God's judgment. The the fear that they're talking about here is the fear of God's judgment. Okay, so let's read that again. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading again to fear of God's judgment. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters, the spirit-producing sonship by which we joyfully cry, Abba, Father, Father. It's a testimony. It's an invitation to that deep relationship of trust, just like Pastor Kirk was saying earlier. God wants to tear down those walls. He's not only the good daddy, he also paid our bail. I like that. (laughs) Right? You're never going to guess where I am. (laughs) I've got one phone call. (laughs) Come on. He's paid our bail, he's our redeemer. He paid the price. He paid the price, this is the cool part of it, he paid the price that his own holiness required. He couldn't make the standard lower because he's holy and he doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? We've got it on our wall somewhere. He can't change his standard, he can't change himself. So instead, he inserted himself into our world paid his own required price for us so that we could be reconnected, reunited with him. Amazing love, amazing love. He posted the bail for everything we've ever done. And not only that, he became our defense lawyer. Right? We're in jail, we got one phone call. Jesus help. I got this. I've already come. I've already paid your bail. I'm going to be your defense lawyer. Oh, and by the way, I'm also the judge. Right? Right? Amazing love. I love this. And this is proof right here. So this isn't my opinion. This is this is the word. It says, Jeremiah 30, 24, for surely their redeemer is strong. Amen. The Lord of hosts is his name. He will most certainly plead their case and defend their cause, so he may bring rest to their land. Anybody else need that promise today? Yes. Yes. God is good. God loved us so much, he died so we could be made righteous, made right before him. Let's go ahead to the next one. And the heavens declare his righteousness, for God himself is judge. That's Psalm 56. And Psalm 31, 1. Reads, In you, O Lord, I have placed my trust and taken my refuge. Let me never be ashamed. In your righteousness, rescue me. I love the vulnerability of the psalmist there. In no place in that verse does it say, God, look at how good I am. Look how I figured this out. Come bless what I'm doing. He shows what's required for the insertion of miracles into our lives. It just requires us to say, "God, I trust you above all else. I need you to come and rescue me." You move. You are able, I am not. You are the I am, I am not. But you are also good. God's not a liar. Ah, he will provide. He's setting you up for good and not for evil. Come on. Yes, he is setting you up for good and not for evil. If you're not seeing this manifest in your life, guys, I, w- I really strongly recommend giving. There's something that happens when you give. Give. There's a release in the spirit that happens when you give. I have seen it over and over and over and over in my life, whether it be tithing or giving of my time or worship or giving of relationship, that vulnerability. When you give vulnerability, you receive it back from the person. When you give honesty and courage, you receive it back. There's a powerful message in the parable of the sower. What you plant and expect to come up That is the harvest that you will reap. Not because you're good, but because God is good. God is the one who prepares the soil of our hearts, right? God is the one who gives us the seed. God's the one that rains down. God's the one that makes it grow. I mean, seriously. He's good. We need to learn to trust him. So guys, I'm setting this foundation of a knowledge of who God is because we're gonna go get to that place of intimacy before him. He's working everything for our good. He's a good daddy. Deuteronomy, 32.4. Oop, one, go back, one more. The rock, not the rock rock. <laughs> but <laughs> I was watching a movie the other day, and <laughs> the rock had hair, and it weirded me out. Yeah. Anybody else like, you're like, you had hair? Anyway. <laughs> So <laughs> the rock, Christ the rock, his work is perfect for all his ways are just. The God of faithfulness without iniquity, without injustice, just and upright is he. Yeah. Yay! Yeah. Yeah. Without injustice. We Without injustice. So we see people giving and giving and giving and giving and not receiving anything in return or, or giving down their lives and, and people just take it and we see injustice everywhere we go, but God is not, actually, that would be double, double negative. God is just, right? Because you knew I was going to go, he's not unjust, that just is weird. The teacher and me won't let me say it. God is just, just and upright is he. He's a good daddy. Okay, so those of you with our, we, remember we talked about small beginnings, God's stirring that up in our hearts. Beginnings may include, this is my disclaimer, a little warning at the bottom. (laughs) They may include excitement. Yay! Yay. (laughs) Woohoo! They may also include the fear of the unknown. Been there, done that, right? What's happening tomorrow? I don't know. Don't know. They may include planting or vision, hope. Wow, oh, that's a really good idea! Da, 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 da. Scribble, 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 scribble. They may include passion and promise. Not always. Sometimes God gives you vision, and the passion comes later. It's okay. They may also beginnings may also include cheerleaders or naysayers. This is where it's really, really, really important to know the voice of the Father. Very important. Just because your friends think that the idea is awesome does not mean it is wise. Why are we going to people that can't even get their life together themselves anyway? Yeah, right. Right, they, yeah. They're a train wreck themselves, and we're like, right. girl, what should I do? <laughs> I had no idea what I should do. Tell me what I should do. They are a train wreck. Well, seriously, I don't know. Sometimes we just, that's all right. Moving on. And beginnings also may include battles in your mind. Now, so the process of change for us in this journey. So God spoke so clearly to us about two years ago. He gave me the word Fairfield. Okay, so God speaks to me pretty specifically, not in all areas. I don't like make it sound like it's, you know, a ticker tape or anything like that, there's nothing like that, but just specifically in certain areas, God speaks to me, and he gave me the word Fairfield, and so I was looking, we were feeling a stirring, and like, Jesus, what is it, what's going on, what are you doing, and so I uncovered some things, and um, found that there are Fairfields in every state, pretty much in the entire United States, Help me this much, zero, (laughs) zero, because remember, I'm a doer, so uh, Matt and I, again, we, d- we joke. He doesn't dream with me because he'll talk to me about something just processing externally. And by the time we're finished with the conversation, I've done it, I've revised it, and I've given it back to him, and we're now on a different path. <laughs> He's like, I'm just talking out loud. I'm thinking out loud. Do not move. <laughs> Anybody else like that? Make me feel better? Lie a little bit? No, I'm kidding. Um, so I don't... D- I d- I was trying to figure it out. We actually went over to Texas because we felt like it was Texas-ish area, and we actually took a trip a year and a half ago just to put our feet on the ground to say, okay, is this it, God? And we were expecting like the lightning bolts, right? Like, oh, this is, you are my daughter and whom I am well pleased, you know, like the big thunderous thing, and Matt and I both got off the plane, we were like, you know, the bad taste in your mouth a little bit, we're like, uh, what is this? Oh, nope. We didn't understand. We didn't understand. It was over two years ago. So in this process, uh, Matt and I have been working with Pastor Tom and Tanya this whole time uh, because that's the way you do things rightly and bef- above the lord, you know before the lord. This is a healthy transition by the way. This is what it looks like. Very healthy. There are no sad things, no 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 weirdness. But during the process time happened. <laughs> time passed. And unfortunately, I began to doubt. Even after I received the scholarship for the fully funded PhD to Texas A&M, even after that, I, I was doubting. Because I can work things out, right? I can work things out and I, I'm like, Lord, is this you, is this not you? And, and the things I was thinking, you are so selfish. This is all about you. You know, the enemy is not, does not play fair. Sometimes the thoughts in your mind, I submit to you, they're not yours. Sometimes the enemy comes to whisper lies to you to derail you. Now let me tell you something, he is not he is persistent. Now I have been walking with the Lord for over 30 years. Now that doesn't mean anything except that I've actually been walking with him and not living the first 5 years over and over. See what I'm saying? There's a difference. Over 30 years, I know when the Lord speaks to me. However, in this major transition, the enemy was pounding and pounding and pounding and pounding and pounding pounding over and over and over and over until I was in such a state of confusion, I couldn't tell what was me, the Lord or the devil or anything. I couldn't tell. There are battles in your mind. Before we move to the next slide, I want to say, say something really quickly. Opposition is not an excuse to remain still. Some of us hit a wall and go, oop, that's not God. That's why it's important to know the Father. Opposition or support, either way, it's not a guarantee of the will of God, we have to know the Father. But the good news is, let's go to the next one, every weakness you have is an opportunity for God to show his strength in your life, yay! (laughs) Not really, it (laughs) stinks sometimes if I'm transparent. But it's worth it. This has been the hardest struggle of my life and I literally mean that. This transition has been the hardest struggle of my life with the Lord. Because I've had to learn to let go. I have not been able to do anything in this transition. Zero. I cannot get a job for Matt. I can't work because a PhD program is fully, fully, fully full-time. I cannot find us a house because it's based on his income. I cannot work it out in my own strength. Even if I tried, I couldn't do it. I literally can do nothing except pray. For someone who struggles with control issues, I'm just being, letting you know how it is. Self-reliance. Reason. This has been the most challenging season of our lives. But thank you, Jesus, that I surrounded myself with people that I know, that I know, that I know commit to pray. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. See, in order for God to make a fantastic insertion of miracles or testimony into your life, he's got to be able to have space to do it. You've got to get off the stage. He gave me the big hook, boop, get off the stage, Christina. said, okay, daddy, I'm scared. I have cried myself to sleep on more than one occasion. I have bargained with the Lord. You know, if you just tell me, then I'll really live for you. Like, getting off the bus is ever really, you know. I mean, when you've been walking with him long enough, you realize, I'm not getting off this bus. It's yes, daddy, or nothing. So, I mean, but he saw right through it. I'm going to keep going. You have to know that God is faithful beyond a shadow of a doubt because everything that he has for you is outside of your own comfort zone. I was all over the tourist camp. All over it. So, the difference really between a pilgrim or a tourist is submission. Go ahead. The reason why I say submission is because submission isn't submission unless you don't agree. So, if Pastor Kirk and I are talking about something, a ministry or something, and he has an idea and he's the one in authority, and I completely disagree, there are two things that can happen one, I can be in rebellion. Do you know what Pastor Cook is trying to do? Girl, what should I do? <laughs> right? I called the train wreck. Or I can submit, which means I'm going to agree to disagree with you, but I'm also going to be in your camp and do everything with my within my power to make this vision happen. If we're in agreement, I don't have to submit. Right? All right, just want to make sure that you understand that faith requires submission. The tourist seeks to understand all ends and reason them out and get to the greatest self-benefit and personal goal attainment because it's all about me. I want to see what I can see and do what I can do. The pilgrim seeks to submit to the process of becoming so that when we get there, we're able to hold the anointing that it re- requires to stay there. He is able, God is able and willing no matter what. He is able and willing. The tourist struggles with making the journey as painless as possible, but the pilgrim understands that all good comes from God, and God is in control, not us. Control is an illusion. However, We also understand that perseverance produces the character that will sustain the anointing for the coming season. That's in James, by the way, if you want to look it up. So, what is the real deal? We need to expect the unexpected. Go ahead. Beginnings are an invitation to a deeper relationship with Jesus. Faith does not see the end of the road, but walks closely in Jesus' shadow. God is present and actively working on our behalf during the silent seasons at w- as well. And the greater intim- intimacy requires the removal of those things we go to instead of Christ. This is the picture that God gave me through the season. So I'm standing right here. Heather, can I ask you to come up here? Okay, so I can be close to Heather because she's one of my besties. So, so Heather's Jesus. Just pretend. Oh, ah, ah, there's Jesus. And I'm right here, okay? And I'm asking Jesus... Heather. What do I do? And Heather's here. I see Heather, but she's not saying anything. (laughs) Very annoying. I see you're here. Please tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. What do I do? What do I do? What do I Do, 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 do? Time, days, weeks, months, years go by. I know Jesus is right there. He's right there but he's not saying anything. So what happens? Athena, come here. Pretend like you're whispering in my ear. (gasps) What? (gasps) Jesus, Jesus, no, don't pull me. Jesus, tell me, tell me, because I'm thinking this and I'm thinking that. Jesus, has Jesus moved? No he's quiet. Who's whispering in my ear? You're the devil. You're the devil. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> okay, now watch this. Whatever pops up right here, when I start believing him instead of God, for me, you want to hear a first one? Food. Talk about getting real. Food. Okay, I'm going to just go eat my way out of this depression right now. I had enough carbs to fill an entire, I don't even know. I had to go to my refrigerator and say, you're not the boss of me. (laughs) I did, okay? Right here, what what else pops up? Because I'm saying, Jesus, 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 he's not happening. Okay, Um, um, what else? Okay, I can figure it out. Bam, self-reliance. Come on, I am preaching to some of you. Self-reliance. Okay, what can I figure out? Let's see. Ooh, I can make a list. I can do this. I can, g- I can go on Indeed and, and apply for jobs for Matt. I can, right? Yeah. What else? Hmm. Let's see. What else did I do? <laughs> <laughs> Girl, friends, right? The opinions of, of, of men, pleasing men or women, mm-hmm. right? Whatever it is, it pops up right here. Okay, thank you, ladies. Let's give them a hand. So, but what the Lord showed me was that whatever it was that popped up right here, guess what those are called? Uh, Yes, idols. Well, I don't have an idol. Yes, you do. Has Jesus moved? Is he capable to speak your language in a manner and a volume that you can understand? then whatever you go to is an idol. Like the, the golden calf. We're like, you know, we, we make fun of the, the Israelites, right? The, how could you make a golden calf? They saw the mountain shaking the thunder. They knew Moses was up there with God. And they're still going, I don't know what to do. He's not saying anything. Let's make a golden calf and worship that instead. Sounds like a good idea. So before we go judging, we do the same thing. It might not look like a bowl. It might look like your refrigerator. Gossip. Self-reliant. It might look like that, but those are all idols, and the good thing is, is that when we ask for intimacy from the Lord, he's faithful to allow those things to pop up because he wants to remove them because they're keeping us from being together. Because they're blocking the connection. Even his reasons are just, and good, and motivated by love. He's not trying to tell me how awful I am for eating a cheeseburger every time I feel sad, which is kind of funny. <laughs> it's okay for you to laugh. He wants to, se- to show me, to show you, sweetheart, that's not going to do it. You have to trust me in order for the miracles to play out. There's a a song that has been my anthem through this process. It's called Shadow Step by Hillsong United. And one of the lyrics are, move me like you do the mountain. Mountains don't move. Exactly. Move me like you do the wind. So when you tell me to stay put, move me like you do the mountain. Take off all the extra do our shape, mold me. And then when it's time, move me like you do the wind. Wherever, whenever, whatever you say. What might let that look like? Well, it looks like an ending. <laughs> when God gives you a new beginning, it starts with an ending. We need to be thankful for closed doors. They often guide us to the right doors. Endings are really beginnings. We just don't know it at the time. We can be so afraid to let go of the familiar. Oh, for Pete's sake. Why would you call us out, God? I have a church family I love. I have a job that I love. Matt loves his job. Our kids are thriving. Finally, You know, like, everything is fantastic. Now? Yes. Even when it's painful or destructive, sometimes knowing what will happen is less scary than removing the toxic environment or the person or the situation from our, from our lives. So, guys, I want to take a, s- a second to pray with you because something the Lord put on my heart was that there are things in our lives that we don't want to let go of, or there are things in our hearts that we don't want to trust the Lord with. What are we not trusting Him with today? Want us to take a second. Is it your children? Your relationship? A job? A move? Is it tithing? Is it your marriage? School? What is it? Okay? So I'm gonna pray for us. Go ahead and close your eyes. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for the wisdom to let go. We recognize this thing or situation, a person in our minds right now needs to be given over to you. We need to surrender. You're calling us to end the way we've handled it in the past and calling us into a new beginning where we trust you completely. Jesus, we repent of anything that we've known that we've needed to do but didn't do it. Your word says that, that it's sin. If we know what we need to do but don't do it, that, that it's sin. So God, we repent of that. God, forgive us, Lord, now, God, you will also say that any of us who lacks wisdom can come to you openly, and, and you will give us the wisdom that we need. We need you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, open the right doors. Help us to follow you through the right doors, God. I confess, I trust you. Help me to trust you more. In Jesus' name, amen. We know through the word that it is, po- it is possible to please God in faith, right? So that means it's impossible to please God without faith. So follow me with this. In the times when you don't see the end, you have an opportunity to bless the heart of God. When you don't know what to do, only you set your resolve, and you choose to believe him without knowing the end, you are blessing God's heart you are blessing God's heart. So even David said it. Sometimes we have to tell our emotions to line up. Sometimes we have to say, bless the Lord, oh my soul, everything within me. You bless his holy name. You know, we, bless the Lord, oh my soul. I don't think it was said like that. I think he went, bless the Lord, soul. Bless him. Stop it my mind, my will, my emotions, you bless the Lord. Yeah. I am gonna choose to obey. I'm going to choose to walk in faith. I am going to choose the path, the narrow path that seems like I don't even run to my mailbox. How am I gonna get up that mountain? Yeah. And that's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> right? We see those things, we go like ah. And there are times in our lives when we don't see We can't. We don't have his scope. And he's calling us to those deeper waters. Peter, get out of the boat. Only he didn't say that. That's what I love about Peter, right? He when he biffed it, he biffed it big. I can relate, right? He's like, Jesus is coming. Yeah. Ah, you know, (laughs) he's like, right? But that's how that's what happens. We get out of the boat and walk to the Lord and we realize, ah, where did I get here? but we keep our eyes on Christ, and he lifts us up. Today, as you pray, remember that God's timing is often different than ours. It's okay. We have to tell our minds and our flesh to get into alignment, believe God about what we see or understand. We speak it out, speak life. Be careful of your words. Be careful of your words. Speak life to situations. Guard the anointing, and I call it the air around you. You know what I'm talking about? Like, when I pray for people, I don't ask them to tell me the big situation because oftentimes when they tell you the big situation, you can kind of feel this, like, (sighs) like a heaviness come, right? You feel it when you get around people who like to gossip a lot or who are always negative. You know that feeling, that yuck? Matt and I call it, we feel like we've been slimed like Ghostbusters style. I know we're old. But you know what I mean? Like We're like, what happened? Be careful who you allow into that space. Because some of you need to be bold and speak to those situations, speak to those mountains and say, be moved in the name of Jesus. You need people who will pray and stand with you. So are you a pilgrim or a tourist? A tourist will keep her foot in the door of the past like keeping the door open, right? And trying to stretch and reach to open up the other door because just in case this door doesn't work out, I want to make sure I got somewhere to go. <laughs> right? Come on, we do that. I can uh, eh. We do that. God is saying, get your foot out of the door and move with me. Right. Let it shut. <sighs> Start preaching here. Tourists keep their foot in the door of the past and try to stretch with all her might. I used her because I was thinking of myself. To open the next one, in the name of security, just in case. The pilgrim knows that in times when all doors are closed, God is working on specifics, and that in this season, he or she has an opportunity to bless the heart of the Father in faith. Are we going to choose to be pilgrims or tourists? Is it about what we get or what we give? When we give to Jesus, we always get more in return in ways we can't even imagine. And lastly, so, how do we begin our next journey as a pilgrim and not a tourist? Where do I go from here? The first thing, repent of self-reliance. Guys, I believe as Americans we really need to do this. Fast and pray for wisdom. There is a breakthrough that comes with fasting. This is something that's just new to me. I was not a faster. I like to eat. Not that you always have to fast food, because you don't. You can fast electronics or TV or whatever. But I'm telling you, there's a principle in the word about fasting. If you're looking for a breakthrough, learn how to fast. Allow the Lord to lead you. It doesn't always have to be all day or just water or anything either. Commit to the process of faith. Faith. Allow God to close and open doors. We have to allow him, just like Pastor Kirk said, we have to allow him to move his key and be obedient to move our key. Right? Then we practice the presence of God every single day and receive the mercies. The Lord says, forget what happened before. Don't think about the past. Look at the new thing I'm going to do. It is already happening. Don't you see it? Don't you see it?